All right, guys, welcome back to the Short Story Long Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson, joined by my co-host, Andrew Dial. What's up, guys? And we have Kyle Willenberg joining us in studio. What's up? And call-in guest host, Jason Fallhaber. What's going on? Long-time listener, second-time caller. <laughs> All right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh, I don't have the badums. <laughs> That's the best. That's the best I got. Anyway, so I guess for this episode, we're going to talk about the worst wheeling trip ever would have been January 1, 2013. And uh, before we get into that, we're going to do some listener emails and uh, our what's new. So we had Matthew Gardenwine. He emailed in, said, hey, guys, just started listening to the podcast two days ago. And I got through all the Marketplace episodes, so I'm a little late to the party, which that's fine. Glad to have you. Better late than never. That's right. My question is, have you ever had a bad post-sale experience with a buyer? I know Dozer said the guy with the zero turn called after mowing basically a field and wanted his money back. I asked because I recently sold a subwoofer on Marketplace. The guy said that he would meet me in Effingham at 7, 645, hadn't left yet. Asked if I would drive to Nyoga and meet for another $20. I left for Nyoga. Guy didn't show up. Text me. He ran out of gas five minutes out of Nyoga. A whole series of events happened. He shows up finally an hour after an hour. And I started after an hour, I started sitting at Casey's. He paid for it. Didn't look at anything. Threw it in the truck and left. A week later, he says he had a professional installing it for him, but asked how to wire it. I laughed. But explain how... For his professional. Another week goes by. He says the subwoofer is blown. I sold it to him broken. I asked if it worked when his professional hooked it up a week ago. No response, just saying it was blown. I sold him broken equipment, etc., etc. Normally, if it was immediately after the sale, I'd work with someone, but taking a $500 speaker for two plus weeks, asking how to hook it up, and then telling me it's blown later, I just started ignoring messages as I tested it and knew it was good when I sold it. So, I can tell you selling audio equipment would definitely bring some dandies out of the woodwork. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, usually if someone's dumb enough to run out of gas, then they're just going to be problems the whole way. Right. Uh, so I enjoy the podcast. Hearing stupid stories from guys I know is more enjoyable than a lot less and a lot less cringy than I expected. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. You have me scrolling through marketplace daily now. (laughs) Cringy. That's good. So thank you for that, Matt. So I also got a message from Matt Garderwine on Facebook. I said, you said on your podcast, all old 4.0 liter Jeep motors have low oil pressure. My 96 with 220K would like to argue. Then he sent me a picture of his oil pressure at 40 PSI. I responded, two quarts of Lucas oil additive doesn't count. <laughs> that was between that and congratulations on your reman motor someone put in it. Yeah. But uh, anyway, he said uh, that was cold temperature, but it still sits at 30 when warm, LOL. So my 98 had almost no, no oil pressure. And when I replaced the oil, send, or when Jason replaced the oil sending unit, uh, it reads a good 40, 50 PSI now when it's cold. This one you yelled at me for uh, setting the high idle in my mom's driveway. <laughs> yes, which, Jason, do you have that fixed yet? What, the idle issue? Yeah. No, I was, I was playing around with that today, and 
I said I, I was changing the oil on my truck at the same time, so I still got to – I did get the hood open. I did figure out how to do that. That was a, a not a easy now that I know how to do it when your uh, hood release doesn't work on an XJ. But I think 4-liter uh, oil pressure is actually like – it's below 30, isn't it, for uh, like stock spec? I think it's like 26 or something like that at hot idle, I think, is what it's supposed to be. I don't know. All the small block Chevy guys say 10 PSI for every thousand RPM. Oil pressure is like a recommended thing. It's, like, it's a myth. That 340 that was in my duster went five years at like five pounds of oil pressure. It's fine. Yeah. I think maybe the Chrysler engineers came back, you know, 20 years after development of that engine being in multiple vehicles from the 4.2 down to the 4 liter. And they were like, shit these things haven't blown up by now surely they're good at 15 psi just yeah, lower the fine. spec a little bit <laughs> and i got another listener message from rebecca bickle she's out in wyoming uh i spent a summer out there working uh in a coal mine on an internship uh that's how i know her so we're friends from that she said you and sam's show is still awesome by the way keep up the good work and guests all right well thanks rebecca Yes, thanks for listening. We'll probably have to have you on the show sometime. We'll talk about wheeling out in Wyoming. And we still haven't gone pheasant hunting out there either. No. We need to do that. We'll have to take her up on that. Okay, so uh, I guess let's do what's new. Jason, what's new with you? You said you were working Uh, on your oil change today. Yeah, I worked on a little bit of the vehicles I have at my house. I worked on your Jeep a little bit, changed oil on my truck. other than that, just trying to get like clothes and stuff packed and ready to go for King of the Hammers. Because even though we don't fly out uh, for another about another two weeks or so, uh, we have to have our stuff dropped off, and that's going to head out there ten days before we do. So it's kind of a task too to try to figure out what I what you want to pack because it's such the temperature swing that they have out there because you could be wanting to be in t-shirt and shorts during the day and then you know it drops down to 30 degrees at night and you're bundled up um so I've been working on trying to get that done plus just get all my ducks in a row uh so my mom's going to come down and watch my kids for a week while I head out there to uh, California to go help pit crew so just to have you know, one kid goes to one school, one kid goes to another school, and this time, and this time, and this time. So I'm just trying to like lay all that out and almost like a uh, instruction manual and like how to uh, deal with the kids. So that way, it makes it as easy as possible for her while I'm gone. So it'll be fine. Uh, Your mom had three kids; she's got it under control. Yeah, it's kind of um, what I figured. It's kind of what I thought too. So I have full confidence in her. So oh yeah, Kyle, oh, what's Debbie. new with you, buddy? Just plugging away on the new shop. Yeah, that. It's looking good, man. It's coming along real nice. So, you. so if you don't haven't heard the first podcast Kyle was on, he's got his own business, uh, Willenberg's Reconditioning, and he took over the old Feastings garage in T-Town, and he's turned it into just a spectacle to see. It is beautiful in there. So I need to get in there. The Snapchats make it look amazing. It's definitely turned out nicer than I would have ever dreamed of. <clears throat> I can honestly say, like, Going into buying the building, you know, you like creep on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, these different shops, and you're like, man, I wish I could, I wish I could do that. And then here you are doing it. Here we are. We're doing her. So I got a, we got a group chat that we're in and you were talking about moving all the stuff over 
and Dozer asked you a question he never specifically answered. You're working in your home shed, getting some stuff cleaned up to take over to the new shop. Yes. He asked you, what's it like having your shed back at home? So far, amazing. So far? <laughs> so far. See, <laughs> see, I know that feeling because I moved our peacefully, our metal business out of my home shop into town. And like, man, I got a shop. Like, no time to use it and no tools left right. in it. But subsequently, so I got it's, my shop back. It was but, like the first night I moved Oh, like a 18 foot car trailer full of stuff over cabinets, supplies. Um, I sat there that night, like got home, went outside. My kids both came outside. They brought their RC trucks and they're just like cruising them around. And I was sitting in my little snap on rolly chair and I was like, this is what normal people do. Like, this is what it's like to have a garage that's not full of everybody else's stuff and you can enjoy it. Yeah, me and Laren's me and Laren's favorite thing too, moving the shop into town is when you're when your business is at home, you're always at work. Absolutely. And once you move it away from your house, then you there's a difference between work and being at home. That whole uh I don't know if you said it or Cody said it, when you you know, take the plunge and get the building getting kicked in the nuts every day for yeah. <laughs> That's a real that's a real deal. <laughs> yes, every day. <laughs> Turn around. Was that, was that your was that your shop the other day where you set up those ramps and you're using that, that wheelie chair and rolling down the ramps with your yes, kids? Yes. That, uh, that's the home garage. Those are what's new with you. So we just got back from, well, a week ago or so, got back from the show out in Vegas. Okay. That was super cool. Um, went out there for the first time, just, I guess, without quote-unquote adults so i used to go out there with my dad and some of the girls from work well now all the girls from work that i went out there with are younger than me and uh, it's kind of neat we went to like the comedy factory and went out to eat and it was it was pretty fun um the show was half the size or at least uh two-thirds the size as it was before covid that's fair so um it was nice. A little bit smaller show wasn't so overwhelming. We did it in one day. Usually it takes us two days to do the show. Uh, so that was good. It was good for the people who had never been out there to kind of be exposed to everybody in the industry. And then uh, got uh, got a new van. My wife's uh, minivan's getting up there in miles. So my grandma. Finally. Nice. <laughs> so my my. We've been on the the list to buy my grandma's van for years. And we don't want to sell. We don't want to sell. My grandma hasn't driven for probably two years, but they kept her van, kept her van. And finally, uh, I convinced my grandpa that it was time to sell it because ours was getting kind of long in the tooth. So he, uh, we got that. So it's three years newer with one-fifth the miles. And Damn. I know that's not exciting to a lot of people, but we got a heat. Yeah, but. Got a heated I, steering wheel now, heated seats. Bougie. Holy cow. Laren's not going to know what to do. No, she's she's on cloud nine. I've been driving my Grand Cherokee with heated seats and heated steering wheel, and I, I, every day I get them like, this is how the other half lives. No, <laughs> no granted. It's running on seven <laughs> cylinders, but. <laughs> with no exhaust. <laughs> Sounds like an old square body Chevy from high school. <laughs> so I'm leaving work. I guess what's new with me? I'm leaving <laughs> exactly i'm leaving work the other day and i pull out of the drive and i pass jeremy sherwood like head met head on he's coming home from work i'm headed home from work 
and I kind of gagged on a little bit and he Snapchats me like, hey, that was nice or whatever. Sounds good, bud. And then I get down Salt Creek Hill and Brent Wallace is walking out of the front door and he calls me. He said, is that your Jeep I hear? And I was like, yeah, listen to this. And I gag on it going up Salt Creek Hill. He goes, oh my God, from a mile away. (laughs) Nice. I'm going to have to hear this. Oh, yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> so we went, uh, for me, we went out to Cody's house to do some KOH prep, and uh, Jason came out as well. We did it a couple of times, actually, because we've got quite a bit of stuff to get ready. Uh, when you hear this podcast, the day this podcast will drop, we will be loading the camper and the trailer and everything to get ready to head out to go to California. So as Jason was saying, we got to get all of our stuff packed. And we don't have to take any clothes for a whole week in the desert on the plane with us. And uh, yesterday I went out and did some more kind of tweaking on my machine to get it a little bit better dialed in to get ready to go. And um, did, you know, little odds and ends, fueled it up, got some fuel in it, did some fuel for the uh, pre-runner car. And... Then kind of relaxed today and had my first food fail. I had something pretty high hopes for a stuffed sausage jalapeno popper meal and it, i was excited to, to try one of them i mean i've got three more if you want one i'll, I'll have brought you them down you said you said they're Rude. not good they're, i mean they're not they're not bad they just don't they're, they're lacking something like i like i thought they'd be spicier the jalapenos fresh jalapenos i cut up they weren't having any spice to them i don't know i got green peppers instead of jalapenos there's green peppers and onions underneath it i mean it's good Rookie move but it's just it doesn't blow your socks off like i was expecting it to the internet let me nothing down. in life does the internet let me down true so anyway um, Do you want to mention that possibly the after they hear this, the next couple podcasts might be from the lake? Or how are you guys, are you doing a daily update? <clears throat> we may. Well, we have two weeks between now and when me and Jason leave. So I was hoping that next week we could record a couple for like the weekly Wednesdays. I don't know. You guys, let us know what you think. Um, and then I've got. My mobile setup, which I plan on doing a little testing out and seeing what I got to do to get, like, I don't know, maybe a 10, 15-minute podcast released every day. Mm-hmm. That'd I wanna, be cool. I want to cool. just kind of like every day, every night, sit down, like after dinner real fast and just kind of recap today's actions, what we did, what happened, what didn't happen, what we want to plan for tomorrow, whatever, and get that out. That way, I mean. Yeah, coming at you live. Well, somewhat live. Uh, can you take can you take podcast equipment on an airplane? Do they do they care about that? Um, I don't know why you couldn't. First of all, but I'm gonna put it in the camper. I have a whole nother like our second. This is we're on our third setup, Jason. Um, this cheap hobby turned into not such a cheap hobby. So I have. <laughs> I always do. I the have, only thing I have invested is one case of twisted teas in this whole project. I have <laughs> I have excess podcast equipment that I'll be sending out ahead of time. So. Well, let's get into this. So, the worst wheeling trip ever. So, we went to Interlake, which is down by Evansville, Indiana. And I guess, Jason, you want to touch on, like, what was the history between, like, us getting, was it the hangover run? Is that what it's supposed to be called, or? Well, I think it was, I think it was, the the idea was to make a hangover run and uh, just start the new year off, you know, putting, you know, 
tires to dirt. And I think what we really did is we, we all got juiced up about snow wheeling. I think snow wheeling is what really got us. And it just, I mean, we don't seem to get a lot of that these days. And I think like the forecast was supposed to be that we were supposed to have, they're supposed to have snow. So we're like, we need to go do some snow wheeling. And then I just, I think it kind of just, you know, kind of evolved from there. Snowballed. That's what I was getting ready to say. Snowballed, if you will. So I guess let's talk about the rigs we took out. So I took my, at this point, it would have been Shanique, my Dodge Dually. Um, I, I, I think we had just gotten the tune and everything done and I put the new clutch in it and it was kind of like the first time I would actually towed with it. Maybe don't remember, but anyway, I had it and KB, the MJ with a turbo on it. We had just gotten it dialed in and, uh, my camper axled three axle, like home built trailer. Uh, 5,000 pounds in itself. Yeah, it was heavy. So those what'd you bring? I had a after a um short, uh, after a short hiatus from wheeling, I had a uh YJ, I think it was a ninety three, ninety four, somewhere in there, YJ with an actual LS one in it out of a out of a uh, Firebird that me and Jason I bought the Jeep with the engine in it, but nothing was plumbed, nothing was wired. So we got that finished. It had stock axles in it with a 350 horse LS1. So I was scared to death of breaking axles. So I talked, my Jeep had 36s on it and Jason's had 33s. He had a 44 in the back and with some gears and lockers and stuff. So I talked Jason into uh, switching me tires. So I put his 33s on my Jeep for that trip. He had I think you had the cut TSLs on it and the boggers. Yeah, I was I was running uh the the cuts what the bootleg swampers up front that we like custom cut in the garage on Henrietta Street. And uh then I was running those boggers out back. So yeah. And then so I switched to Jason tires. I had Q seventy eights, which are like a thirty six ten fifty sixteen, which I got off of Kyle. The old and Jeep. that they almost killed me on by not tightening the lug nuts, but that's a different story. I've we'll never lived that down, will we? No, uh, never. And uh, yeah, so I did that. I did not have a truck at the time, and my dad had a trailer, but Kyle let us use his second gen. Was that a 24 valve? That was a 24 valve. Yep, it was. Stack had like a quadzilla and a edge comp box that like was not tow friendly so we didn't use sam's truck for the fifth wheel because or the, the gooseneck because i don't think you had the gooseneck in it at that point yeah i hadn't put the gooseneck because uh, i was thinking that we were going through the slideshow beforehand and there was a picture of my you know thousand foot pound of torque diesel truck hooked to a trailer with one jeep excuse me and kyle's Second gen Dodge hooked to a gooseneck with two Jeeps, and I remember thinking, "Why the hell wasn't I pulling the gooseneck?" But then I remembered I didn't actually right. have a ball in it yet. So, so we uh, we borrowed my uncle's farm trailer, which is like a like a probably a twenty four foot or maybe a little bigger, maybe thirty foot, you know, twenty four thousand dual tandem, twenty four thousand pound dual tandem trailer. And, uh, you know, can't leave the state. It's got foreign plates on it or whatever. But they're like, yeah, come get it and use it. We don't need it. So we load my Jeep up, Jason's Jeep. I didn't have a truck. So Kyle was super cool and let us borrow his truck. And then uh, that leads us into what Kyle was running that day. So I was running 
my the tow pig was uh, Cody's 04. The uh, total you had a total rental package. Yes, you did. Rented. Honestly, <laughs> the, the trailer was rented. The Jeep was not mine. Wheeled the piss out of it that day. Um, it was a '95 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Um, sat for sale down like by that little car lot the Auto Mall owns now. Um, in the backyard, like some guy's backyard back glass blown out of it didn't something the front diff was out or locked the, up the, or? it was like the pinion bearing was out and the the pinion was like locking up the front end because it was engaging the carrier say, like it would move but then like it'd lock, lock up. up yeah so i don't know cody lowballed the people got it for like 250 bucks end up buying a parts jeep to swap dozer and sam and jason or somebody Swapped, yeah, swapped it over for him. I think we just swapped ring and pinion because we're like, do we need to set this up like backlash and stuff? We're like, nah, we threw it in, tighten the bolts down, put the cover on. And it had a different gear ratio front and back. And it was an yep. all, all-time four-wheel drive Jeep. Which will be important later in the story. Yeah. Yes. But, but we were just going, you guys kept saying, we're just going to like the dirt. It's fine. It's fine. Just I and, think, think and, the exhaust was cut off too, wasn't it? No, we cut the exhaust off. Oh, okay. And, and, if, and you were... You mentioned that your brother bought it because your brother was going to go. Yeah, I was supposed to be a shotgun rider on this trip. And the night of Dozer's like New, New Year's, Year's Eve party, party, Cody shows up late, like throwing up, food poisoning. Like I don't think he came at all. No, I thought he no, stayed he, at your house. No, he was, the, he was there. He just, oh, he was, he just was not, not doing well. Not doing well, yeah. So, so anyway, we, we used to party like hard at Dozer's house every week. Was that the night the door got taken off, turned into a beer pong table, and we thought Oops was doing it in the bathroom, or is that a different night? I think it was a different they, night. Okay. Uh, they all <laughs> run together, man. I don't know. But Cody had a 04 Common Rail Cummins that had like a 15 inch lift kit on it, and rock stars, <laughs> baby, yeah. chrome 20, rock stars, yeah, chrome oh, 20 yeah. inch rock stars with 37 inch tires, like. That the rims were cracked, so they didn't hold air. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, he was big time back then. Yeah, now, he was, now look at him. That is the truck that got him his wife, and he will tell you that. Yes, <laughs> he will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good times. So I guess we got to start this. We had a party the night before, as mentioned. Hey, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa! What you didn't say? What I had? Oh, go ahead, Jason. <laughs> Well, I was going to say I that everybody I, I, knew the the Jeep that you've had since high school, yeah, or yeah, well, that's, your grandma that's... bought it. Though uh, that one, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it was just it was just a different it was a different setup back then. I had the the Dana thirty up front, Spartan locker, uh, forty four in the rear with a full case Detroit. I was running four fifty six gears back then, and then like Dozer said, I I went and put his thirty sixes on mine. And I don't know, Sam, do you remember that I I made a bet with you? Oh yes, I'm glad we went back to this. <laughs> I don't. That, uh, I don't. You what don't remember it? that? What was it? Uh, well, we... I I made. A, I think we made a bet of who was gonna break first, and I think it was like one of those like gentlemen's bet. Like was we're it gonna a bet slap a bet? You guys were big no, enough slap bets. This was no. This predates slap bets. <laughs> okay. It was yeah. I think it was a gentleman's bet. Like we were gonna bet a dollar as to who was gonna break first because Sam had KB and like he was just always on the throttle, and I'm like, man, he's just gonna he's gonna blow something up. And then Sam told me because I was running the 36s on mine, he goes, "You are gonna blow something up." So we basically <laughs> we bet each other, which later on that that plays into the story because, you know, 
trying to help him, I wound up losing the bet, but we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> I just, oh man, I love this story so much. <laughs> okay. So I guess we roll out. I got, where do we want to like, start? I think like, we went to bed at like two in the morning, three in the morning. It was like, and, I went home, showered and pretty much changed my clothes to, to come back to your house. Yeah. We left at five in the morning. Okay. Because we wanted a full day of wheeling, and plus they're an hour ahead, so. Yep. So is Interlakes uh, 24 hours, right? No. No. The park no. closes at 7. The park closes at dark or something like that. Oh, yeah. Well, we messed that up. Anyway. <laughs> we'll get to that, too. Yeah, no kidding. So. We rolled out. It's how, how long down there? About. An hour and 40, a half. An hour and 40 minutes. Hour and a half, I would say. Something like that. It's got to be a little and better than that. Evansville? I think it's like two two yeah, hours. It's on Evansville. It's, it's, on, Evansville. it's on 64. You had to go past Evansville in order to get to it. Right, but you don't have to go south to Evansville. Right, right. correct. So anyway. I was I was driving Co- in that, or not Cody, but Kyle's truck. And mind you, it was dead of winter, snow on the ground. I froze my ass off. That truck had no hot air blowing. I so remember that. I was cold you- the whole time. I think it was me, you, and Laren in that truck, wasn't it? No, you were riding with I me. Was, say he rode with was I? Yeah. Well, somebody was who was taking a lot of pictures that are in your photo album. I just assumed it was you. Right. That's, it might have been me, yeah, probably. When I bought that second gen, I like set it up to, I was like, big bad diesel drag racer back in the day. And yeah, it I, never did get hot. My my fondest memory of this truck with the, with the stacked tuners is we would go out by Heartland Dental oh, man. and do figure eight donuts in the four way. And it would. There was, it was pumping so much fuel, the lift pump would, would starve the VP44 for fuel and just be pop, 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 just like not revving or just pop and run out of fuel because you're just all over the gas. This is the truck that for some reason, like you, it, I couldn't keep back tires on it, but anytime, yeah, anytime you would do a burnout, it literally would, you could walk it in a complete circle on like a one lane road and it, I don't know, it was, I miss that truck. It was a good truck. Anyway, I feel a lot better about what I'm about to tell you happened down the road now than I ever have. He was not easy on that truck. I'm here to tell <laughs> oh, I, you. Oh, man. So anyway, I was in Shanique and you were in Kyle's truck mm-hmm. and Kyle was in Cody's truck. Yep. So with my uncle's tra- borrowed trailer, basically everything was essentially we borrowed. like rent a ride except for Sam. Like I had Cody's truck. Sam was the only one for once in his life that didn't have anything borrowed. It may have been the only time. I well, I, I mean, he was borrowing the truck from the yeah. bank. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's true. I think I used my uncle Mike's car trailer. Probably. Because I think this was... Cody's car trailer was probably junk. No, I'm pretty sure CW didn't They probably have, had blown out tires. He didn't have a full He didn't have a full size car trailer at that point. He just had the utility. He just had the little gotcha. 14 or 16 footer. So the trip down there was essentially drama free, drama free really. So is there anything... Guess, Go ahead. I was, I was say, shouldn't we say that, like, besides from the, uh, the four of us, I think uh, Kyle's wife was there and then dozer your wife was there as well right they weren't our wives at the time just girlfriends but yes. right 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 so, yeah, we had two women's with us as well i was single surprise <laughs> um <laughs> so is there anything you want to say before pulling into the driveway well the only thing i would say is there was snow on the road going down there and i had really nice max tie down straps 
and they've never been the same since that trip. Because of all the salt. Because <laughs> of the salt. They got rusty and like the blue got nasty. You, you know, still the, have them? Yeah, still to this day. That's, that's they impressive. They need to be thrown away. They're wore out. Are they? They're done yeah. for, huh? Well, they were on the lake bed. I can pick you some up for you, bud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would haul with them. I guess my Jeep. I guess I got a Jeep. Yeah. You have to remind me of that. Okay. It's pretty much dead to me. So yeah, you have a Falcon that we're going to do hood rat <laughs> shit with one of these days. Yeah. So anyway. One day. My fondest memory of the whole day is, now mind you, this was a pre-EPA uh, crunch down of H&S tuners. And you could buy the Mini Max tuner, which I am still, to this day, is my favorite tuner of all time. And it came stock with a 150-horse tune at the quote-unquote hot tune. And you could download a custom tune of 225 horse, which is what I had. And brand new clutch. Brand new clutch and dual disc South Bend. And you have to kind of do some off-roading to get to the, at this time, to get to the parking lot. And with the snow, it made it kind of, you know, interesting. You had to have it in four-wheel drive. So I had it in four-wheel high and... We kind of bebopping through this trail, and we come up to the parking lot, which is kind of a little plateau, and we were the first ones there. It was, you know, four inches of snow on the ground, and I was first in line, I guess. Was I Was I in the you first? Were, yeah. You were leading. So I put yeah. it in third gear and just monched, just slammed on the gas, and I did a, four, well, I guess six-wheel drive burnout drift the entire circle of the parking lot pulling a trailer with my jeep on it that was like the coolest thing i've done in my whole life so (laughs) (laughs) oh man so anybody you want to go from there jason he's the one who remembers this kind of stuff it's the only reason we have him here (laughs) for his memory See, that's why I take all the pictures because, you know, if you don't have pictures to prove it, then it didn't really happen. So you can always look back on them. Uh, I want to say that after we unloaded, we we didn't spend that much time on the trail. Like it was within the first like, you know, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. uh, Sam found this little holler and he decided he was going to go drive down into it. And when he basically went to go down in there, he just started sliding. And next thing you know, Sam's like, all up in a tree and at that point in time we're like all right we're like what are we gonna do like gotta go we gotta recover him we gotta get him off because he could not get off the tree and so of course we're like all right well like i think i drove my jeep down there to go help get you off and in trying to help you get off of the tree and get out of the funk that you got yourself into i wound up breaking my jeep and I think that uh, someone from up top, I, I don't know if was it Dozer, was it you or was it Kyle that wound up pulling him off the tree? Because I think I went down there, and when I went down there, that's when I broke an axle shaft, and then it actually went a little bit further. And after I replaced the axle shaft, then I realized that my uh, my front end was making a lot of noise, and I had a Spartan locker up front, and I always thought that, like, I don't know, I just had it in my head that, like, the Spartan was going to blow up, and it turns out that the uh, the Spartan locker actually showed up to work, and later on, after I replaced the axle shaft, we found out that my ring gear was toasted. So, um, I think when we finally got Sam out of the ravine, then we had to like recover me because I was basically just my I think I was dead. Like my front end was not uh, pulling at all; it was grinding, and I 
we went back to the uh the trailer and we went and put my jeep up on the uh the trailer and then I pulled the front diff cover off of it and i was fully expecting to see that that my locker blown apart and there was actually like bits of metal from my ring gear just sheared you know clean off so i was like so my jeep was done at this point in time so i was the first casualty i wound up losing the bet to sam because i said that i was gonna break or he was gonna break first and i want to break in trying to save him so uh, i think later on in the story i wound up going to the gas station got you a gallon of washer fluid um for i think i forget what it was i think it was your truck because you didn't have any in Shanique going up there and like your window was just completely white from all the salt. Oh yeah. I do remember that. I do remember that. That was our lunch break. So we, yeah. So we had to use a high left Jack to Jack me sideways. And then Dozer pulled me back up off the tree and kind of got me uncrossed up while you were down in the bottom of the ravine. 15 trying... minutes into the trip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did, that I did not take long. That... I don't think any of us at that point in time, none of us were, were uh, had winches on there. No, nobody had winches. Nobody had a winch. And if I remember right, we did, by the grace of God, have a spare axle shaft. And yeah, oh yeah. I think I, we I, put a spare axle in your Jeep, and then, it, yep. and then it made noise. Did we pull that axle back out then after that? I feel like we tore your Jeep back apart. On the trail. Nah. On the trail, maybe? We, 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 uh, we got it back to the... Uh, see, we changed out the axle shaft because we thought originally... I broke the U joint. We thought, well, that's what it was, and that's where the the picture of me doing like looking like a gangster sitting there, you know, peace sign, you know, mean mugging, uh, came from. And then we got once we got it back to the trailer, we pulled the diff cover off to see what exactly I broke because it was still making noise. And that's when we found out that I, I ate the ring and pinion on that. So that was a 456 gear just gone. So then you hopped in with me. So then I hopped in with you. And we had the second mishap of the day when you blew your eardrums out, or when I blew your eardrums out. You remember oh, that? Oh yeah. <laughs> Tell that Dude, story. I, I forgot it. Wasn't that when the boost tube blew off <clears throat> and it like it like basically sucked in the? I guess you should say that like. Okay. Your yeah. Jeep... All right. Yep. 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 Okay. So my Jeep was. For those of you that didn't listen to the previous episode, was a four liter that we put a turbo on, and it was a what they call a draw through setup on the turbocharger, which basically we put the carburetor on the inlet side of the turbo, which is a completely legitimate way to do it, except you are essentially compressing a combustible fuel and air mixture between the turbocharger and the throttle blades. So the way I had it set up was the turbocharger was where the heater box was and it I put the propane mixer basically where the glove box used to be and then the turbocharger was on the engine side of the firewall and then it shot over to the driver's side and went into the throttle body on the intake side of the engine. So the air filter was sitting basically right where the passenger's legs were so what's significant about that is this was a you know manual push button start vehicle and i am not at this time and i'm not super super great now but at this time very non-proficient at driving a manual transmission 
and we came to this little hill, and I didn't have enough RPM or whatever, but it died. It just stalled as I was coming up this hill, and instead of rolling back or, you know, resetting my whole kind of setup, ignition was on, and I just reached up and hit the starter button, which happened to, a, you know, some kind of ignition source made its way into the charge tube that is compressed fuel and air mixture, essentially a bomb, and it exploded, <laughs> which isn't a terrible thing except for... And was not out of the ordinary. <laughs> I mean, exactly. it's, it's a thing that it did, but one end of this essentially a pipe bomb was in Jason's lap. <laughs> and uh it was not quiet just to say the least and uh so we popped the hood and put it all back together cuz i specifically remember we we built this you know in one evening i went to menards and bought a bunch of plumbing elbows and some hose clamps and went to o'reilly's and bought some exhaust tubing and we just all put it together and typically when you're building a cold side setup for a turbocharger you'd have the the tubes bead rolled and use T-band clamps to hold in that boost. Well, <laughs> the whole thing was essentially a proof of concept. Proof of concept. And we're, we were always going to circle back and, and, and do the more legitimate setup. But then on our first trip out, we realized that at 8.5 PSI, the whole thing fell apart. And I thought, this is like a built-in fuse. Yes. You know, if it builds too much boost, it just blows, blows the boost apart. tube off and shuts off. I don't have to worry about scattering the engine. So, I, you know... That goes back to, you know, built so shitty at works. Like, we built it basically out of plumbing <laughs> supplies, and it it just worked, you know? Yes, plumbing supplies and, and exhaust tubing for the cold side. So, and hopes and dreams, that's for sure. So, anyway, that was that was one of my significant events of the day. It, like, it sucked the air filter in. Like, it, like, compressed the air filter when it did that. I'm not even sure the dynamics at play there, but it was it was definitely interesting. So then for the next probably a solid hour, I'd say we actually had a decent time, right? Yeah. And if you recall, I mean, Interlake's a pretty big and complicated to get around place, at least compared to like the Badlands mm -hmm. and Redbird. And How many acres is it? I don't know. We had no map and we had no GPS and cell phones didn't work. So we were just basically wondering. You know, we were just going we we're just going we didn't know where we were going where we were at we had no idea there there was the uh the i remember the it was a it was a hill but it was all rocks going up there and i remember kyle took that zj and i mean just beating the piss out of it but bouncing back, off the rev limiter and it it made it up to the top and back i remember this he up was, to sam like went down and like made it tried it made it did you go down there Dozer? no i probably no, did no Mind you, I was ten foot tall and bulletproof in this thing. It had a full exo cage right. and you know three quarter ton axles. I mean, it was probably the most built thing I've ever owned. And like, I I was just like my first trip with these guys. I mean, Dozer back in the day thought I was an idiot because I had a ninety five Wrangler that I wanted to put a three eighteen in. The first time I ever met you, you remember and that? Mm -hmm, at I this do. at I this point in time, you were just like our friend's little brother. Exactly. You know, snot-nosed kid <laughs> kind of deal. And I told him, I was like, I'm going to do this. And they're like, every one of you are like, yeah, okay. Like, we we th like, like we, we, were, we weren't even convinced you knew how to drive, like, 
I didn't even know he was old enough to have a driver's license. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, you you did show up to work that day. You proved us all wrong. Yeah. I think a lot of it had it, and and Jason can. I think Jason has a a term coined for this, but you're in a rental. I mean, you didn't really give a whole lot of dams about what you were doing. No. So, you know, a, a unibody Jeep with a whole lot of I don't give a damn can do a lot of shit. So. Oh yeah, had, definitely. Uh, cheap Walmart mud tires on the front, and I think uh, either street tires or like uh, all train on the rear. It was it was balling. Yeah, rev limiter all the way up. <laughs> Gave her the beans. Now, was it an inline six or was it a 5.2? A, a I think five it was two. a 5.2. Oh, okay. I thought it was an inline six. I, 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 think, don't it, I think it was inline, I think it was no, inline the par- six. The parts Jeep was a 5.2. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. it because I remember having the discussion like, should we just get this parts Jeep going because right, exactly. of the VA? And I don't know why we didn't, but it's probably way more work or something or who knows. Good time. Oh, yeah. We. We wheeled for a little bit, just got lost essentially, just so wheeling. I looked it up, thirty five hundred acres. Okay, that's pretty it's, good. It's decent size, pretty- especially for Midwest, mm-hmm. you know. So the reason that is important is because we spent an hour going <laughs> away from the parking lot where our trailers were at. And went deeper into disaster. Yeah, I'd like to note this is back in the 3G cell phone days too. Right. When we got to the parking lot, we had like no cell signal at all. Yeah, I mean it was very limited at best. Because later in the story, like he left, and remember we were like, we'll yeah. just call him to, and yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I think now comes in the time where uh, you're you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof, Sam. Just kind of you know messes with you yeah absolutely so anyway basically like jason was saying 10 foot tall and bulletproof um i've kind of had an attitude of like nothing can hurt me you know nothing can touch me so we were just kind of bebopping down a trail and there was this decently sized tree that was downed at about a 30 degree angle showing off and i thought i'm just gonna flex a sucker out on this tree which would not have been a terrible idea in the summertime, but this tree was covered in snow, and I made it I, about what? I was gonna say I, I think you should say that you weren't even you were still running those uh those stickies, weren't you at that point in time? They like, were you the, weren't even like they were the trophy truck tires, the Toyos. Yeah, so they weren't even like a mud tire or nothing like that. They were just they were more for like rock crawling and desert racing, weren't they? It was, Literally, is a, a Toyo is a sticky Toyo open country with MT. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, uh, so you know, sliding off of it would not have been that big a deal had I slid off to the right because I crawled up it with my driver's side tire, but I slipped off of it to the left, and the entire front end weight of the Jeep landed on the tie rod, and it snapped the basically hot rod shop. $10 tie rod in that was holding the front tires together. And uh, going back to a previous episode, one of my tips was always try. Mm-hmm. I was so disgusted <laughs> with what I had done that I didn't even try. But there's a picture of basically the the wheels of the Jeep pigeon-toed together and this tie rod laying on the ground with the rod end just sheared off. And uh, I was pretty much, you know, dead in the water because instead of a double-ended ram setup it was a steering box style uh 
you know, drag link to one side with tie rod to the other side. And uh, the tie rod is what the hydraulic ram was connected to. And I basically had no control over the steering whatsoever. So I think Dozer hooked on to me and tried to pull me forwards for about 100 yards, I'd say. So if I remember right, we physically would push your front tires to steer. Correct. And we went about 100 yards, and we were wore out. I was going to say, Laren was driving the black Jeep. Yeah, Laren was pulling Sam with my Jeep. Bailey drove the the red Jeep, and between all of us, we just like... Wiggled the tires. Manually wiggled the tires through slop, mud, snow. I mean... I mean, do we, do we say at this point in time, like, the sun's going down. The sun's going down fast. Not not even this yet. Not even at this point no? yet. No. It was because probably this, like 2 o'clock. Yeah, it was probably 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon at this point when I, when I first broke it. Now, we might discuss. We did. We're like, hey, we didn't have any spare parts, but Jason's Jeep was broke on the trailer and had a had three-quarter inch Himes, too. And I was like, let's go get the Himes from Jason's steering and put on this. And Sam's like, do you think... That Heim is going to come out of there, and we're like, oh, good point. Like, we didn't have any tools. No tools. Straight up sandpage, mind you. And uh, he's like, that thing's been rusted in there for 10 years. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> and, and and we all agreed. Looking at it, physically looking at it, you're like, no that, that, that Heim was rust-welded into that, sure. it looked like. Sure. So we that was the end of the discussion. We're dragging this thing out of here. On the, dragon. on the wrong end of a 3,400-acre park. Yes. Nowhere, no idea where we were going. So, we, you know, the 100-yard thing took probably an, an hour, I'd say, from the time it broke to the time we finally decided pulling this thing forwards was not going to work. So I don't know whose idea it was. We were like, what if, you know, if we drag it backwards, then the front end can just kind of do whatever it wants, and it was hopefully exocaged, so it was like, Bang the sucker off of trees. I don't give a damn. You know, no, just... you you weren't banging it off trees at this point just yet. Well, you're right. You're right. You were. Yeah, that was mentioned. Like, well, you got a cage. We can just kind of bebop pinball it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, pinball it through the woods. And you're like, no, no, no. Okay. So, at this point, Dozer in the YJ was pulling it backwards, and we were kind of in a trail system. And I, I've, I've blocked a lot of this story out of my memory because it's so traumatic. Um, it's just for self-preservation. But uh, I do remember it was at least an hour of kind of stop and go, slowly dragging this thing tediously through the trails to more of like an open, not a road, but like a, what are they called? Almost call? like a field. Like a, like a field or like a, like a, like a, I don't know, like a power line cut or like a right away or, like or something. A main, like a main trail that was sure. open. There was no trees yeah. around. Yeah. And when we finally got to that point, what I don't remember what was the decision made because that we split up at that point and Dozer took off in the Jeep and I hooked the toe strap up to the ZJ. So is what we, by my memory, we got somebody's phone. I think it was Laren. Laren had an iPhone. And somehow she got Google Earth pulled up. Okay. And we found out we were not super, super far from a paved road, but we were on the other side of the park. Right, right. So we decided we would leave 
somehow, well, first, before we got it pulled up, we all split directions to try to find the parking lot. Mm, we, yes. And we came back because that was the picture of you and Jason sitting on your Jeep because we all left to go to try to find the parking lot. We mm. didn't find anything. And truthfully, I don't think we got too far from you because we didn't want to get separated. Right. So we all came back and somehow I think Laren and her iPhone got Google Maps pulled up. And then you were going to go drive my truck and trailer to the closest hard road. Hard road. Closest hard road. And, and then we would, you know, load it up and be done at that point. Right. So that left Kyle and Sam to get the Jeep back to the hard road. So the only thing I remember before he took off, Co- or I guess Cody's Jeep or Kyle's Jeep, whatever, had no tow points, no t- trailer hitch or nothing. So we threw the axle strap around the rear axle and hooked it to Sam's Jeep. And before we left for the parking lot, J- or Kyle hits it. Rev limiter. <laughs> Pulling this Jeep dead in the water. Jeep's not, because when you were driving it, the Jeep was running. You were driving the Jeep backwards in reverse yes, gear. Yes, yes. Well, you just threw it neutral, and Kyle just floorboarded it. Rev limiter, and you guys took off into the night. And I remember you and Jason were running after it. Yes. Because Kyle you, you was skipped, just gone. We skipped a big we, point we, skipped, we did skip a big part. So, Kyle, take over. Okay. You're going to have to refresh my memory a little bit, because <laughs> we still weren't out of the woods at this point. Your, your no, black, we were out of the woods. Your black Jeep broke. No, 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 no. This was this was after the pond. This no, it was wasn't. Before the pond. This was before the pond. So mind you, it's dark. Like, at this point, it's dark. And we're, and 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 Dozer was so so worried about his Dana thirty five in the back. Oh yeah, yeah. Couldn't tow it any farther. It was going to break. And I remember at this point being scared to death of getting in trouble because it was getting dark and you were not allowed to be in the park after dark. And then it finally hit me. I was like, I hope. We can the get park out of ranger. This place. I hope somebody finds us to get you know. Be like, what are you doing here? Like, we are lost. Please help. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. We're the cops when you need them. They did not show up. <laughs> so we got the jeep. That's right. Out of the woods to this pipeline right away. Whatever. And Dozer's like, I'm gonna go to the whatever to whatever the deal was. You're gonna go get Sam's truck. We we're kind of seeing light at the end of the tunnel. So we thought, I hook onto this jeep. Mind you. Me and my now wife had not been dating very long at this point, and she <laughs> thinks we are just idiots. Like, <laughs> She's not wrong. wrong. <laughs> like, she was over this trip after Jason broke his Jeep, you know, 15 minutes into the trail and, you know, was ready to go home. So we hook onto the Jeep, and it struggled. Like I said, it was not built for anything. And uh, Sam's like, you know, take it easy, take it easy. Not like finally, I was like, you know what? I'm not stopping this effing Jeep, whether yours is upside down on fire. Like, no, I'm... no, 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 no. <laughs> You're still missing a good chunk of the story because this this right away was gnarly, two or three miles long, gnarly, and it was kind of hilly and there was mud holes and wash out, like rutted up, washed out, and and there was a couple points where you got stuck. And we had to like unhook my Jeep and you had to like get resituated. And me and Jason were, it was cold as hell. Oh, I mean, we're oh, yeah. all in coveralls. Like the whole point of this, like. But we're soaking wet by this. Point. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we, we haven't even touched on the fact that it was like 10 freaking degrees and the sun was sinking. It wasn't down yet, but it was sinking. We we're getting cold. So like 
I think my Jeep was running and we were like trying to huddle in my Jeep for warmth. And like, then we'd get in your Jeep for warmth, which had no back glass. And like, eventually we kind of were, Jason, did you walk to the corner to find the pond? Who? I, I, I think, I think I might've. So yeah. walk, walked over, like walked down and up a couple hills and he's Cause, like, cause we weren't really sure of the trail where we were going. Like we kind of had a general idea where we needed to go to get to the hard road. Cause it kept it like the trail got a little gnarlier. The hills did. Yeah. And Jason's See? like, so when you go, just know that when you get to this point, there's a pond. Don't know how deep it is. It's long, but I do see a road. And it, see, was, I, I, and it was around a corner, too. Yes. You had to make a left-hand turn. See, I remember at one point in time, I think it was I was sitting on the hood of Sam's Jeep. It was being drugged. It's pitch black outside at that point. And I remember hearing, like, coyotes howl off in the distance. I'm like, we're going to get – we're going to die. We're dying. We're dying. But I remember before I left to get the truck – it was just Kyle's like, screw this. Wop, op, 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 op. And he just started driving. And you were probably pulling it 25 mile an hour backwards. Oh, yeah. And Jason and Sam are just running, running after it. Wait up, wait up. And so I'm like, okay, they, these guys are making progress. We need to get to the truck. So, yeah. So basically, Kyle just takes off. He's like, screw these assholes. I'm gone. And he just to the wood as fast as he could drag my Jeep backwards. And it's like swinging all, the, all over, just, like literally bouncing off trees. <laughs> and, and Jason and I are running. And mind you, I am just a fat kid out of shape at this point in my life. Still am. But we're like, it was all we could do. And it was at least a mile from where we were standing to where this turn was. And we're running as fast as we can, watching a Jeep pull another Jeep backwards at 30 miles an hour into the darkness. And he makes the left-hander around the corner, and Jason and I are just running as fast as we can, just into the dark. Like, didn't even have a light. Like, we're just moonlight navigating down this open trail. And Jason turns over and looks at me, and he goes, isn't there a pond? Like there's a legitimate lake oh, between because between where we were at and where this road was at. And I had so much momentum. I remember we like rounded the corner. Hold on, hold on. We gotta <laughs> I, I remember it different. <laughs> so I went back and got the truck, but I was like, we're gonna need my Jeep to get it on the trailer because it's dead. Yes. So I got Sam's truck. Laren followed me and we had to go like three miles around the park on hard roads to get to it. Came down this dead end road. Yeah, and we pulled remember. up and the, the lake, quote unquote, the lake was right next to the hard road. And there was my friends on the other side, which I was hallelujah. You guys were already at the hard road, but then we're like, how are we going to get across this lake? We didn't know how deep it was. It looked bad. And I remember thinking, Let's drive. Let's go back and get Cody's truck. Cody's truck will go through it right. because it was had a hundred inches of lift and thirty sevens. <laughs> let's drive a heavy ass. We're like, truck we're like, there's on. no way we're gonna tow Sam's dead Jeep through this lake with a stock ZJ, and because I was there at that point with Sam's truck, and finally we we're like, and Jason and I weren't. We're still running. Yeah. J <laughs> <laughs> Me and Dozer were discussing this. How are so, you like? How are you so gonna get there? We, we stop running, and Jason and I are walking. And the conversation Jason and I are having is like, like, okay, we're not out of the woods. Like, 
the we're closer, but we're not there yet. Like somehow, like we were having the same discussion that you guys were having. Like, how are we gonna get my Jeep from this side of the lake to the other side of the lake? And I don't know what happened between us getting to where we from where we were at to where you guys were at. But I just remember talking to Jason like we're screwed. Like there's no way this is going to happen. And then Jason and I around the corner and we see all of our friends on the other side of the lake with my Jeep. And I just like, all right, like this is going to be. I remember Kyle's just like, I'm doing it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Dozer's like, ah, you know, I don't think that's a good idea. I was like, what are we out of? Like two Jeeps stuck in the middle of the lake (laughs) at this point. Like, fuck it. We don't know how deep it is. We, like, can't throw a strap from one side to the other to pull from the hard road. And Bailey was like, I want out. I was like, nope, not, not, not happening. <laughs> she meant the relationship, yes. not the Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on her. Now she's married. Pretty much backed up to Sam's back bumper and uh, said, Holly, you, well, you know, Jesus, take the wheel and... Uh, Gave her the gave her the, the beans, the skinny she pedal went right through there, man. Right w- through wa- it. water, like came over the hood for a little bit. And I told Bailey, I was like, This is it, this is the uh end of the story, make it or break it. And uh, yeah, the little Jeep that could. So he pulled it, skull drug it through there. So then it took us, seemed like three or four years to get Sam's Jeep lined up with the trailer. Which, which at this point, I was in my truck trying to get the trailer backed into such a way that I could jackknife it to get your Jeep to pull it on. Mind you, this is like a barely big enough road to get your truck. Yeah, this is like a this is like a two lane gravel road. Didn't we hook a Jeep to the trailer to like help yes, you spin? Because it I was in four wheel drive and I could feel my U joints were I mean, because after this trip I replaced them and my needle bearings were ball bearings. <laughs> like they were all broke into like dust essentially. <laughs> One more thing that could have And and I remember being scared to death because a Dodge, you can't, like, the front axle spins. And I'd be being scared to death, like, if I break one of these U-joints, then I'm not driving this truck home. So I was in four-wheel drive trying to jackknife this trailer. With the 250-horse <laughs> tune. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, Triple disc and, clutch. And my, my steering wheel was shaking as the wheels were rolling. You, I don't know if you've ever driven something with locked-up U-joints in the front end. but well, I remember, have that? <laughs> which I was already, you know... Obviously, we were running on no sleep before this whole event started, and after you know running all two miles, to, all wanted to kill each other at this point. And so we finally got my truck situated in such a way that we used somebody's Jeep to skull drag the trailer sideways in order oh, to jackknife yeah. it to get the Jeep in front of the trailer to pull my Jeep on. And that's when the black Jeep broke. So. We were had Kyle's Jeep on one side and my Jeep on the other, because if we pulled just from one side, it would pull the Jeep to the, to side. the side. So we used two Jeeps to pull it on, and we were struggling getting it up the ramps. And finally, Laren was doing a good job of throttle control and stuff. And finally, I was like, "You got to hit it." And I was like, "If we're gonna get this trailer on, like, you got to give it some beans." And there was still to this day a little bit of an argument. Um, I wanted her just to give it a little more gas. Well, there was rev limiter and she hit it and the old LS one was screaming. Snow was flying off the 33s. I thought thought Sam's Jeep was going to end up in the bed of the truck. So she just gave her the beans and, uh, and later she's like, well, that's what you told me to do. No, I just wanted a little bit more gas. 
So anyway, she's giving it the beans. The Jeep's getting up on the trailer. Boom. Ting, 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 ting. I'm like, we're done now. We're screwed. So I don't know. We get some lights or something. And we look underneath of it. And the front drive shaft blew the straps off the yoke. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. I think we're all right. So we put it into wheel drive. No problem at all. My Jeep's still moving. I think we had, we had the Jeep on the trailer at this point. Yes. Thank God. So we all. So I think I think I think we need to say that. So at this point in time, my Jeep was broke. Mm -hmm. Sam's Jeep was broke. Your Jeep broke. So we've got three out of the four Jeeps broke at this point in time. The old two hundred and fifty dollar Jeep still going. We don't want to keep going down the road because we have no idea what this two track goes to. So we're like, Sam, you got to back this trailer up like a mile. Yes. And uh, Sam did it. So we started the trip on the hard road back around the park, back to the parking lot. And we told Kyle, <laughs> we, told, oh, we told Kyle, listen, this is, <laughs> this is an all-wheel drive, full-time four-wheel drive Jeep. You have different gear ratio, front to rear. You cannot, you cannot drive fast on the hard road. You'll like literally grenade the transfer case. Kyle's like, not my Jeep. Kyle's like, bet. At this point, I didn't even care. (laughs) And I was, I was like, I was like, we're gonna break every vehicle in this old trip. Little did we know. So he just takes off rev limiter down the road. (laughs) No license or insurance either. Oh, I'm sure half the lights probably didn't work. It it did not sound good. I'll tell you because I think I was, was riding that on our way back. It sounded terrible. Because you called me, terrible. you're like, uh, we got a problem. <laughs> it smells like gear oil, and it's making a hell of a noise. Like, well, you'll have that on an old time old four wheel drive with different gear ratios on the concrete. <laughs> Dozer's like, good luck. See you. See you back at <laughs> <in> the truck. <laughs> like, well, like I said, we're all ready to kill each other. New number. Who this? <laughs> <laughs> we were just over everything about this trip this at this point so my jeep was strapped down on the trailer back you know a mile down this road we got back to we got back to the the parking lot and we still had to load mib on the trailer with jason's jeep and strap all that down then what happened i think we told kyle to stay along the road and we would come get him with a trailer and then that didn't happen. He just pulls up in the parking lot. We're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so we get all loaded up. And at this point, I remember sitting in Kyle's truck thinking, we did it. It's over. We, you know. How are we going to get out the, of the, here? The baby? nightmare is over. It wasn't. <laughs> so we get out on the interstate. We get on Interstate 64. We're driving. Time out. When we got there, Sam says, before we leave... Don't let me forget to get diesel fuel in the dually. Okay. Hey, wait, but but here's the thing. He didn't want to get diesel fuel in Indiana. He wanted to get right. it in yeah. Illinois. No, 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 no. So mind you, I kind of, I was, I was kind of a, I still am a nerd, but I was kind of a nerd about a lot of things, and I, you were a fuel Nazi. I, I still to this day hate getting diesel fuel in the state of Indiana. Not it has nothing to do with price. It's because when you go with a truck and trailer to a truck stop to get fuel, they want your tax ID number. And you have to prepay for the fuel 
You have to go in there and tell them you're a private individual, and it's like this whole rigmarole. They want your phone number, date of birth, mother's maiden name, like social security number, just to pump freaking diesel fuel. So I had calculated that I could get from Effingham to Evansville. On the 250-horse tomb. (laughs) (laughs) While doing donuts. And, And back, well, what I didn't account for was the you know seven mile round trip and two hours of idling Fuckery. yeah <laughs> to get to get this whole situation taken care of so the the diesel fuel thing doesn't come into play till later so dozer go ahead so we we uh are driving down 64 no trouble and we're driving and i think sam's like i need fuel well there's no fuel on 64 on down in southern indiana so we're like, well, we'll we'll get fuel in Fairfield, which is where we're headed. <laughs> so we're driving, driving, driving. Sam gets off the interstate and pulls over to the side, and I pull in front of him with the gooseneck in Kyle's truck, and Kyle pulls either behind or in front or whatever, don't matter. And we get out, and uh, Sam's sitting there, his truck's off, and I'm like, Sam, what are you doing? I said, I said, Sam, what are you doing? He goes, turbo got hot, just letting the turbo cool off. And I'm just like... I'm like, okay. And I was like, seriously? Because Sam's a nerd about this kind of stuff. And I was like, seriously? He goes, no, I'm not letting the fucking turbo fuel fuel cool off. I ran out of fucking diesel. I'm like, oh shit. So uh, I have a gooseneck and Kyle has, you know, just a bumper pole with one Jeep. So we're like, okay, we don't have any fuel cans. Get into Kyle's truck. You guys go into town and get fuel. So me and Laren sit in Kyle's truck, freezing our fucking ass off. They don't hey, have wait, whoa, whoa. I, I, was, I was in Kyle's truck with you. I remember that. Okay. Jason was also there, yeah. freezing his ass off with us. Mind you, uh, th- this is late. Like, we were worried. One in the, we were, one in the morning. Uh, it, not quite that, but it's getting late. Didn't we beat on the back door at Walmart trying to get a fuel can? <sighs> Yeah, I feel like you bought one no. at the gas station. It was like $40 we, for we went one to, gallon. We went to Walmart. Oh, because the gas laptop. station didn't have. Exactly. Yes. yes. And the dude's walking through the shop and Sam, you know, fat Sam, pissed off, <laughs> pounded on the door at the, whatever, the lube shop at Walmart. And some dude's like sweeping the floor, just staring at him. And, oh, man. Just so we, we get it. a lot of gas stations ha- will have a gallon fuel can on the shelf for that situation. But the but this is there's nothing open except for the Walmart. Right. Right. And the Walmart was even closed. Yeah, they were closed. <laughs> Somehow we got it. Did we We got a fuel can? I don't remember. Anyway, we got a fuel can somehow. Put diesel fuel Fuck in. Fuck that Fairfield Walmart guy, by the way. <laughs> We've got two stories about Fairfield Walmart. The trailer tire. Yeah, the trailer tire on Greg's bachelor party. They oh, screwed us over yeah. too. They didn't even. They didn't even put air in it. Anyway, that's another story. So, <laughs> you circle back, and we have to. You know, it's an interstate, so you got to go down one way and come back, and put the diesel Co- fuel in Cody's, my truck. You know, fifteen inch lifted, clapped out, third gen Cummins. Yeah. Uh, put fuel in the truck, and by the grace of God, God yeah. Um, so. I will go on a short rant about this. I drove a 2002 Kenworth snap-on truck. Ran out of fuel before. 
put fuel in it. Why does this keep happening? And uh, <laughs> the lift pump takes fuel from the main fuel tank and transfers it to the lift or to the injection pump, which puts fuel in the engine and it burns and it runs. And then my 2007 diesel pickup truck run out of fuel. You put fuel in it, cycle the key like four or five times, and it just starts. Not too hard of a concept to comprehend for me. Well, now I have a 2016 uh, Kenworth tool truck, and it ran out of fuel. Why does this keep happening? And turns out it's like not even a real thing. You have to have a filter wrench and take both fuel filters off, fill them with fuel, and then unplug the, the grid heater and spray ether in it and pray to God that the ether will kick it over enough times to get fuel from the fuel filters to the actual injection pump. And according to the people at Kenworth, um, it costs too much money to make a lift pump that'll pump fuel through a fuel filter and to the actual injection pump. So uh, if you are a diesel engineer, go fuck yourself. Anyway, so... <laughs> We so back to the story. Everybody knows that you run a diesel out of fuel, you're in for a world of hurt. In like nine degree weather, snowing, it like was started raining something again. It, it was not nice. It was that. It was nasty. It was, it was terrible. So they come back, put fuel in it. However much gallon, two gallon, five gallon, I don't know. Sam cycles the key, hits the key, boom, fires up. Oh, thank God, it's. It's finally over. It's over. It's over. We finally, we finally we're, we're made it. Forty minutes from home, we're going home. We're going home. So I get in Kyle's truck, put it in gear. What? You made it a little ways. No, no, no. We, no, we, we drove didn't. down the road. It, yeah. Kyle, so, so I put it back in park. Kyle, what's up with this? Your truck won't move. And he's like, I don't know. Put it in gear. Rev it up. Doesn't move. We're like, the fucking transmission just went out of this truck. So. I put it in four low and it will move in four low. So we take off down the road in four low and Kyle calls Bailey's dad or something. Somehow we find out Kyle's newly minted girlfriend's family has some friends down there with a business literally a half mile from where we're at. So they're like, you get the truck there. It can sit there all you want, whatever. Okay. So for some reason, I was very, very, very adamant. I think I had to have the trailer back the next day. Okay. So I was like, we cannot leave this trailer. It's a borrowed trailer. And didn't want both Jeeps sitting, sitting on trailer. On trailer. Right. Yeah, like someone, At this point, like fuck someone them Jeeps. Somebody that, could have like them. Someone would have stole that junk. So my dad had just bought a new-to-him Dodge pickup truck, lifted, gorgeous truck, had like 18,000 miles on it, um, had a fifth wheel, Mid-life gas, 5.7 Hemi. So I call my brother, because mind you, it's midnight. And, it's later than that. Yeah, and I call my brother. I'm like, get in dad's truck, drive to Fairfield, and come get us. My brother's super cool. You know, no questions asked, on my way. So, Which, man, God bless him. You know, cause I, I, because I think he wanted to come, and we were like, no, you can't come. <laughs> I don't remember. Maybe we didn't have a spot for him, but... Uh, I was like, come get me. Okay. So we're sitting there for like 10 minutes. He calls me. Mom won't let me leave. 
Because I don't know how old my brother was. My brother was probably... 17. 17 or something at that point. Uh, mom won't let me leave. I'm like, <laughs> so I call my mom. And my mom answers the phone. You don't just get to use your dad's truck whenever you want. Blah, blah. You don't just get to call your brother and tell him to come. Blah, blah. Do anything. This is not your truck to use. And I was like, oh, no. no. I was like, I was like, blah, blah, blah. We are stuck down here. It's a hell of a day. I was like, he needs to come get us right now. Like, I'm not in yeah. the mood for this, okay, Exactly. Lady? <laughs> so looking back, like, yeah, my brother taking my dad's brand-new-to-him truck was probably something we should at least ran past the parents. But uh, anyway, so me and my mom had some words, and uh, my brother shows up an hour later. Mind you, we're sitting in this parking lot idling, which I don't know why we we're burning fuel, because we were freezing to death. <laughs> <laughs> so we get the trailer unhooked, and... Uh, and hook my dad's truck up to it. We go into town. Everybody fuels up. Headed home. You know, we finally made it. This is it. We're headed home. <laughs> well, then we get out of Fairfield and, and Kyle calls. I just smoked a deer with my brother's truck. We're like, <laughs> at this point, we're like, don't care. We're going home. Like, shouldn't we stop yeah. and call the yeah. cops? We're like, no. Don't even stop. That's what these guys are like. Does the truck run? Like, yeah, I think so. Dozer's like, see you in effing So every vehicle or every vehicle tow rig and truck had something happen that trip. So we roll into town. I think I laid down at four in the morning. And I still lived in Matt Toon at this point. <laughs> yes. Did I go I, home? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I think I just stayed on the interstate and said, see you boys. Yeah, you yeah. may have done that. So I dropped my wife off at my house and I went to my mom and dad's because I was living at my mom and dad's while my wife lived at my house because we weren't married yet and whatever. And uh, uh, I laid down at four o'clock slept for an hour maybe an hour and a half and my phone rings and it's my cousin you got that trailer back yet i was like what you got that trailer back we need that trailer for the farm today damn it so i wake up at 5 30 in the morning after an hour and a half of sleep and probably had an hour and a half of sleep before the night before that go over to my house where the gooseneck was unhooked unload all the stuff hook onto the trailer go up and bring it back you know 30 minutes north to my uncle's farm I don't even think, I, I remember like, I don't know. I think they like didn't even end up using it or something that I was so mad, but. Were, weren't they mad about it being muddy and shit too, or? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. It's been too long. I was like, I don't, Austin listens to this. He probably doesn't remember either. They don't get too wound up on stuff like that, but yeah, they called me and I got up and brought it up there. So that was what we decided was the worst wheeling trip ever. In fact, I went on a wheeling hiatus between 2013 and I think 2021, no, 2020 was the first time I wheeled since that trip. Really? Yeah. I, I used I, to buy and sell a lot of like Jeep Wranglers, <clears throat> buy them, lift them, sell them. And after that trip, I did not give a damn. <laughs> like about a jeep somebody's like jeep like nope 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 so the only time i think i wheeled was i rode with jason in 2018 when brendan beaning went went with us and that was the only time i went wheeling and then the next time i actually wheeled a jeep was my red jeep we bought in 2020 during covid and i went to uh 
I went with my cousin wheeling down in Kentucky. So it was seven years before I wheeled, actually wheeled a Jeep I owned again. So circle back, I unloaded my trailer and I put my Jeep essentially in timeout all (laughs) the rest of the winter. Under a tarp. And basically (laughs) shoved it back in the corner at my dad's house and didn't even look at it for four or five months. And we had another trip coming up. I don't remember. I was working for Randy, I think, at this point uh, at the uh, AOA shop. And we, I, we, we had another trip planned. And that's when I put the double-ended ram on it. And we, we did a whole bunch of work to it that I never uh, Yeah, we up. were going to go to Moonlight or whatever was in southwestern Missouri. There was a park. Maybe it was s'more or something. No, it wasn't s'more. No. It was uh, it was called Washita. Okay, yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah. Anyway, so I I don't remember what caused you know I I was just like those like I'm like, Jeeps are stupid. This was the worst event of my life. Like this was retarded, and uh, it was it sat there and for whatever reason I went out there and I. Like got all the tools out and ready. To, like I'm just gonna get, I'm gonna get a tie rod put back on this thing so I can load it up and take it over to Randy's or whatever. I I remember, I remember being so pissed off just because of everything. But you were mad like going to work on it. I remember this. We were all in like a group message. Because I, I I I you know I didn't have a good garage setup. I had a you know limited tools and you know it was outside. And I went and got a pipe wrench and a, a propane torch and, you know, pliers. And I got all this stuff laid out and I just sit down Indian style, grab the tire out of this, this thing. And I don't know what caused me to do it, but I grabbed the jam nut and like twisted it. And by hand, I twisted the whole stub of this rod end out. And I, I was already mad, but like, it was just in re- like I saw red, like I was just enraged. Like, I wanted to burn the whole thing. Like, because this whole event, like, could have been easily remedied if I would have just listened to Dozer, tried to take that stub out. We could have, you know, taken the Jeep back to the trailer, stole one of Jason's rod ends, throwed it back in. I could have drove it back. So. Yes, we should have. We should have tried. We just wrote it off. It wasn't even a possibility. But so that goes back to just always try. Just always try. So since this is short story long, I guess we might as well talk about the wheeling trip after this because that's when we wanted to go to Washita and Sam broke his rear ring and pinion in the creek by my house in town. Mm -hmm. And then we got that fixed by mixing and matching ring and pinions, which Which is is a a no-no. And then we borrowed my uncle's trailer again. And we loaded up all the Jeep. We loaded up Sam's Jeep and Jason's Jeep on it was going to be the ones we were going to bring. Wait, and- whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> to, to go the uh, the dog shit hill where <laughs> Sam broke his Jeep, that was not Washita. That was Harlan. We were, we were set to go to Harlan. Mm, and that's I when I Washita. backed off in there first. And then what? I don't think it was Harlan. That was the, the cops, cops, what- cops. Yeah, that was, and then that was when Sam Sam uh, blew the head gasket on Shanique. Thanks that was for Harlan. thanks for ruining that, motherfucker. <laughs> what I'm this I'm being. <laughs> so anyway, we we're going to Washita, not Harlan, and uh, 
we left the night before to go get fuel in Sam's truck, which had all that horseman powers, no head studs. The spurs. So we pulled out of my house, pulled Could, onto the road. Couldn't head studs because he spent all the money on the extra tune <laughs> from H&S. So Sam floorboards it, and the whole trailer disappears in smoke, and we're like, yeah, you know, that was awesome. <laughs> so we let off the gas at the stoplight, and it blows cold air. And we had known from a mutual friend of ours that when your truck starts blowing cold air, you blow a head gasket. And then you pop the hood, and so there's cold coolant overflowing we got out of the to overflow. The, we got to the fuel station, and there was cold coolant blowing out of the overflow, and we're like, damn. So we blew a head gasket, unloaded everything, didn't go wheel. I'm like, say, I think you sold it after that, even after all the work you put into it. The, the MJ. The MJ. Yes. You sold it. We were done wheeling. I mean, we didn't wheel. You didn't wheel. You probably didn't have a razor for three, four, five years after that. Yeah, I didn't buy a razor till 2018. In fact, if someone mentioned jeeping around us, like it was hate we, speech. It, like, yeah, it was, don't talk to me about jeeps. Like, jeeps are dumb. I'm multiple times. Me and Sam would be like, "Dude, look at that jeep on tons," and we'd look at each other, and go, "Jeeps are dumb." Yep. Like hey, we, hey, did, hey. we didn't even allow ourselves to so, get excited about jeeps. Yeah. I, I, I would like to mention I still had mine throughout all this, and I think uh, Doza, you helped me uh, put tons underneath mine. But how time. many times did you wheel? I, I wheeled a couple times, at least two or three times, but, but I didn't have any friends to go with me because y'all decided to bow out at that point. Yeah, it was an insane waste of money. I decided it still is, but... Which... The dark. So, back to the head gasket... You allowed me to do that in your garage. I did my own head gasket. I don't know if I got some quotes or whatever, but it was a shit ton of money. And I looked up the parts and everything and decided, screw I, it. I can do this. I'm going to do it myself. Not, not because I thought I could, but because I knew I had to because I couldn't afford it. Because oh, right. mind you, I had to get a loan, a personal loan for the $3,000 clutch in that truck. I did not have the money to buy and install a clutch in that truck. So between the parts and the install, it was like three grand. And I had to go get a personal loan from the credit union to afford that clutch. And I don't know what a head gasket job back then was on a six, seven, but they're fairly new. And that was like probably like a four or $5,000 proposition back then. But I you know, got online, did all kind of research. And I talked to Dave, our mutual friend who told us how you diagnose the head gasket. Right. Um, you know, buy these head studs, buy this head gasket, and you know, for six hundred bucks, you can do it. And so I was like, "Here we go." So we we set up the uh, picnic table in your garage, and I pulled it in there. It was like about was that a, like a week or something. I tore it all the way down, and I had uh, which I will recommend to anyone with a six seven. If you do a head gasket, have the head decked because I decked mine. It was seven thousandths to clean up the head, and I never had an issue after that. Cody blew a head gasket in his 08, the one that Dozer owns now, put head studs in it and a new head gasket because I think Dean even told him, you don't have to deck that head, it's fine, which in big truck world, it probably is fine, but in the 6.7... When you got it turned up. It, it's, not a, it's not a thing you skip, and I don't know, a year later, he had to do another head gasket, and he ended up decking like 9,000 off of his, so... Didn't, didn't we take turns at that point in time doing the torque sequence? Because, like, the torque sequence on a Cummins head is, like, 
I don't know. It was crazy. Well, I is, remember is what it was was with the ARP head studs, you have to install them and then a hundred miles they have to retorque them or pre-stretch them. And to pre-stretch them, you do the torque sequence, which is like four different torque settings times 27 head studs or whatever. And then you back each one off three times and torque to full spec three times per head stud. And you're talking what whatever it was, 125 foot pounds, leaned over the front of this truck times 27 times three. It was it was it was, it was a, a lot of torque. I, I think you borrowed. I remember that I Nick Romelli's Nick Romelli's torque wrench, and we helped you torque them all the first time, and then we're like, we'll finish this later. And I went back to my mom and dad's house and went to bed. Jason went to bed, and you stayed up all night and finished that. Did I? Yeah. Because I, I, I called you the next morning. I was like, hey, I'm going to come over. I'll help you finish your truck. You're like, I stayed up till like four and did that. Well, which I got it done, and then I had to come back the next day and button up the top end. Because, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a bit of stuff to come off in order to get to get the, the head Yeah, so. Right. But, yeah. yeah. You fired it up, never had a problem again, but we were out of jeeping at that point. Which, rewind, I bought that truck to take three Jeeps to King of the Hammers was the original reason for buying that truck. And I have not been in a Jeep in in that capacity since. Yeah. I mean, when I, did you get your first Razor? Uh, it would have been 2018, because I bought a 2000. Was it 18? It had to have been 18. So about a 2016, 1000. So you, a, you went five years without hitting dirt after that. So you had a boiler. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, but that does that. That's that different. Well, yeah. I I uh. Barely. I I traded the Jeep for a Corvette because I was into muscle. We were we we decided muscle cars. Yeah, because muscle cars is the way to go because you, you didn't spend the weekend tearing up your in, your investment. And you could use them throughout the week and go get yeah, ice cream. You didn't have to spend a whole paycheck on fuel to tow them somewhere to use them. So I I traded. <laughs> so That's I a lie. so I traded the Jeep for a Corvette. Wrecked the Corvette, sold the Corvette, bought a four wheeler, uh, sold the four wheeler, bought the Dart, and so since the four wheeler, because that back then everyone was riding four wheelers every weekend, um, and then everyone stopped riding four wheelers as soon as I bought a four wheeler, so <laughs> that's when I bought the Dart, and then we've been doing really muscle car stuff ever since then, so. I think I'm the only person out of our, you know, circle of friends that actually stayed with a Jeep and kept my Jeep. And I don't know, I, I always say that like Jeeps are kind of like hemorrhoids, you know, they just, you know, they might go away for a while, but you're eventually going to come back to them. Jason's like my dad. He's like, you've never sold it. My dad's never sold anything ever. And he, what's he always say? You guys have no, uh, what the hell does he say? You're you're not attached to anything at all. Like, why aren't you attached to anything? It's like, well, I can I can speak on this. So my first Jeep, I was married to that thing. I knew like, you go all in, you can do it. Like, I was a hundred percent committed. I didn't do anything but my Jeep. So when I sold my first Jeep, it was like getting out of a serious relationship. And like I decided I was never going to get into a relationship where I was married to one vehicle again. And I kind of turned into a project whore. Like 
lots of one night stands on projects. That, you, that's an understatement. That's an understatement. And like it was like, so like Jason's like married to his Jeep. Like they're getting ready to like celebrate like their golden anniversary and shit. And I've had like 400 projects since then. And right, wrong, or indifferent, that's just how it happened. So I just wasn't going to get tied down to something like that again. Yeah. Here we are. Now I got a Jeep and a Falcon and a tractor and all kind of stuff. I'm I'm kind of married none to of the, them, None of them run. <laughs> I'm kind of married to the dart now, I'd say. But you weren't for oh, for a, for a long time I was ready to get rid of that thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it like like you know like when you I mean I've never been in this situation, but I've seen a lot of movies and like where someone cheats on somebody and like you're gonna get a divorce, and then you reconcile, and like your re- relationship is stronger than ever. That's like me in the dark. Like we were, we were going to couples counseling, and I was not having you it. You had guys come look at it, and they're like nitpicking this and that. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck the big deal is. It, like it's <laughs> it's just a driver. And I was like, and you had like a relapse at that point. Yeah, you fell back in love. Fell back in love. See, I I got my Jeep back in two thousand three. And this is 2023 now, so this will be uh, – I'll be celebrating 20 years with my Jeep. And I just one of those things that, like, I just came across my Facebook memories at the, the Commando that I used to have, uh, a 73 Jeep Commando. And I thought about one point in time building that one, but I don't know. I've just kind of stuck it out with mine. And I've – honestly been debating dozer and i've been talking back and forth about what direction i want to go with it because i've i've got to do some upgrades to it in the near future and to to your to your extra oh yeah yep yep it's it's not quite where i want it to be yet and i still got a like more i want to do to it so I can't Hopefully imagine. I can't imagine realizing you have to put five more thousand dollars into a two thousand dollar jeep hey it's probably about like a $3,500 jeep all right but like and yeah like, with the it's, tires it's probably a little bit more than than five grand to get it to the point where i want it to be but yeah exactly and it'll be worth $4,500 <laughs> but i don't care the sentimental value is which, worth more to me that, than that was that was part of the argument for going to muscle cars too you know you spend ten thousand dollars on a jeep and it's worth fifteen hundred dollars you spend ten thousand dollars on a muscle car it's at least worth five you know <laughs> at least and so, thanks to covid it's worth a lot more than that yeah now. thanks a lot covid well yeah. hey, let's shut this down yeah we don't we're really have much more to talk about we're just listening to jason talk about his long love affair with his jeep at this point so so anyway yeah so anyway guys uh get a hold of us at ask short story long at gmail.com uh, tell us about your worst wheeling trip if you've got or one. Or worst any situation, I guess. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, if you've got some suggestions for King of the Hammers episodes, let me know. Um, look forward to going out there and bringing you guys some content. If uh, if it's something you guys want to listen to or something specifically you want to hear, let me know. But uh, I guess we'll say our goodbyes. All right, we'll see you guys later. See you guys. <laughs> Later. All right. Thanks Get, for the PTSD. <laughs> Catch you on the next one. Even when the chips are down. To win her over, I'd see the tables turn around. She's been the hard way. I can feel it in my bones. She'll be making my day, not another night alone. 
Could be my 